Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. Um, It means so much to me how many of you are faithful to just join and to take a leadership journey uh, with me and how many of you go out of your way to tell others about uh, the podcast and help them with their leadership journey and just the number of nations. In fact, the last podcast that we did, uh, there were a couple of nations that have never, never heard my podcast that we had the first entry point to. And so I'm just so excited not only about the impact but the reach of the podcast. And that's a thank you to you because you're going out of your way to communicate to people about it. Now, I pray that your new year has started well. And I just want to tell you that I have a couple of things coming up. I have a roundtable event uh, in Plano, Texas. It's just in um, about a week or so. And we have a great group of people coming. And if you're in the Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, uh, Louisiana area, this would be a great event if you want to raise your leadership level. We also have one coming up in Seattle and then one in Orlando. And if you know any people in those areas, why don't you let them know? Text them, maybe email them and say, hey, if you want to enhance your leadership journey, this could be something that's valuable to you. Today, I want to talk to you about something that became clear to me right before Christmas. Right before Christmas, I received uh, probably three to four calls. They were all from very profound leaders in different areas of the country, uh, different uh, backgrounds, but they were leaders. And each one of these conversations involved a leader having to deal with something. They had a problem. They had an issue. They had something that they had to deal with. And as I'm talking these individuals through the issues that they're dealing with, it hit me. How do you lead when you have a problem? How do you lead when you have a problem? See, leaders know that they're going to deal with other people's problems because the nature of leadership is when people have problems, they bring us to us. If there's an organizational problem, many times it gets pushed up to us. If there's an issue in someone's life, they come and tell us about it. They make sure we know about their health. We know about their family, their circumstances. And we're asked to be at times the fixer, the person who helps them navigate. But in leadership, the demands of leadership are constant. See, every day that you wake up as a leader, there are expectations. There are things you have to do. There are people who are looking to you. There is a level of performance that is being required of you. But that's every day. There's no day that's different. The demands of leadership are always constant. And the thing about it is, it doesn't slow down. Leadership is there every day. And the demands are there every day, and it doesn't slow down. You don't get to sort of take a break from it. I like to use the illustration in baseball. Sometimes a coach sees that a pitcher is beginning to struggle, so he'll call down to the bullpen and get someone to warm up. Then he'll walk out to the mound, and then he'll either point to his right arm or his left arm, depending on which pitcher he wants, and a pitcher will come out. 
but that pitcher had time to line uh, to warm up, and then that pitcher has more time to warm up on the mound as they're out there. But that being said, in leadership, you don't get to slow down. You don't get these warm-up periods that everyone else gets. In leadership, you're expected to have it. You're expected to be on. Yet, what do you do if you have issues? See, when you have issues and you're under the constant demand of leadership, what happens is leadership can send you into a mental meltdown. I've got to take care of all these people and then I'm having to deal with this. And the truth of the matter is, is that people don't come to hear about our problems. They come to tell us about their problems. Now, they may be nice and they may say, well, how are you doing? And then you say something and then they quickly revert it back to where they're at. But people don't come to hear about our problems. But what do you do when you have a problem? And what do you do if that problem's a legit problem? It's not just stuff. It's legitimate. It is a clear problem. Well, I was thinking about that. I was thinking, what is an example of a leader having a problem? And then I thought in Mark chapter 5 of a man who was the ruler of the synagogue. Now, in the Jewish background, that meant that you're sort of the top of the organization. It's one thing to work at the synagogue. That was high-powered. It's another thing to be the priest of the synagogue. That was high power. But to be the ruler over everybody at the synagogue, man, you have really reached the epicenter. You've reached the top shelf of that particular community. But it talks about that the ruler of the synagogue, as a recognized leader, uh, he had some requirements. There was a way that he was to present himself. And so in military circles, there's a thing called the code of military conduct. And the code of military conduct talks about people in leadership positions that there's some pretty clear expectations. This is what you do and this is what you don't do. And it sets out how you presented yourself. Well, the ruler of the synagogue had some requirements. And so what you see is you see Jesus coming into this community. And when Jesus comes into community, the first thing that happens is the ruler of the synagogue comes to Jesus and he falls down on his face. Now, let me just make it clear. That was not the appropriate response of someone who is the ruler of a synagogue. But that response teaches us the first principle about a leader having a problem. And the first principle is this. If you have a problem, you can't be position conscious. You can't be position conscious. Because what this ruler began to recognize was, was that he had to pursue God's presence, Jesus, and he had to forget his position. See, sometimes leaders get themselves in trouble because they're so intent on holding on to their position that they won't acknowledge God's presence. And when you have a problem, God says, don't be position conscious. Be conscious of God's presence. Because it's his presence that's going to be a, bring an answer to your problem. See, uh, 
You may be a leader before people, but you're a follower before God. And let me also say, you're a follower before God before you are a leader before people. And your ability to follow God really creates the street cred for you to be able to pursue and help people. Um, In fact, a lot of people can learn a whole lot if they watch you follow God. It's not always our verbal lesson, but it's our life lesson that is the most powerful. Now, when this ruler came and fell down before him, you got to understand, when the ruler of the synagogue moved through a city, he had a posse with him because he was important. He was too important to let a lot of people get to him. He had a position that he was to protect the image of that position. So he ran with a posse. Now, a ruler wouldn't go to somebody that sends somebody. So if a ruler wanted to uh, get something, they didn't go, they sent. But that's not what this ruler does. He goes. And not only does he go, but he does something that is so extreme. He falls on his face in a street, not like the streets we have, but in a dirt street. And he falls on his face. This was against all the culture of his position. But this ruler is teaching a leadership principle when you have a problem. And that is in leadership, we must remember it's not who we are that matters, but it's who he is. Again, principle number one, you can't be position conscious. So this man, he says, I've got this position, but I got a problem and this is a real problem. So I need some help. And so he didn't let his position get in the way of pursuing God. And I say that to you because that can happen to all of us. Sometimes we're so busy being the pastor we forget to be a follower. Sometimes we're so busy leading the organization, we forget to acknowledge the one who is the promoter of everything in our life. And so number one, don't be position conscious, be conscious of God's presence. But number two, ask for help boldly. Because when he fell before Jesus, he asked boldly, he said, Jesus, my daughter is at the point of death. Can you come and heal her? See, I say this to you because leaders don't want to ask. See, we're the one who helps everyone else and we don't want to ask for help. But there has to be times when we ask for help. In fact, if you go back and study leaders that had profound leadership platforms but somehow fell in the midst of those platforms, what happens is often they wait too long to ask for help. They wait too long to say, you know what? I'm having some very dark thoughts here and I need someone to help me. Uh, I'm going through a health issue here and I need some help on this. Well, I'm facing this and some family turmoil and I need some assistance on this. But what this leader shows us is that you have to ask boldly when you need help. And you may be a leader, 
But it's all right to ask for help. And it's all right to ask boldly for help. And it's all right to ask for help. And other people know that you've asked for help. All of these things are being lived out. But here's another thing. You've got to be patient when it comes to your leadership quest. Because when you've got a problem, be patient when things don't change or happen immediately. See, our temperament as leaders seldom involves slow. In fact, what it involves is, I deserve this. And because I deserve this, I want it right now. Do you know all the hours I've put in leading? Do you know all the hours that I've been confronted with this? Do you know all the hours? But what's going to happen in this ruler of the synagogues is while Jesus is going with him to his daughter, there's going to be a lady who is also going to ask for Jesus' help. Now, on the status of life, based on how men categorize importance, there was the ruler of the synagogue, and there was this unknown lady who had a need. And if you were going to prioritize who you were to help, You would help the ruler of the synagogue, not the lady, except Jesus redefines the playing field. And one of the things you'll find throughout the Bible is that Jesus always elevated ladies. He always took them from a position where the culture put them down and he lifted them up. And so this lady is saying, I need help. And she reaches and touches the hem of his garment. And Jesus said, somebody touch me. Now I say that to you because that's important because in this society, that lady was a nobody, but there's no such thing as a nobody with Jesus. Everybody's somebody. And it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white. It doesn't matter whether you're red or yellow. It doesn't matter whether you're young or old. Everybody's somebody. Nobody touched him. Somebody touched him. And so in the midst of this, this leader is caring for his daughter, wanting his daughter to get help. But all of a sudden, this lady, and it would be easy as a leader saying, what are you doing? My daughter needs help. Why are you slowing down? See, leaders many times can be impatient. And because we're impatient, we many times want to push the agenda items, but As a leader, when you have a problem, be patient. See, our problems usually, if we're asking for help, are pretty big. They're pretty substantial. And so we have to be patient. And so even though Jesus pauses and helps this lady, this is an interference as far as the leader's concerned. But God's saying something. Don't be position conscious. Ask boldly for help but be patient. But while he's being patient and Jesus is taking care of this lady, someone comes to the ruler of the synagogue and says, don't trouble Jesus. Your daughter who was sick, she died. But principle number four, don't let disappointment stop you. See, as a leader, when your problem doesn't go away immediately, and maybe your problem even looks like it's getting worse, don't let go. Problems can get worse before they get better. 
We all know where someone has had surgery and uh, they went in and you're standing there with them and the doctor walks in and this individual is in excruciating pain from the surgery and the doctor looks at them and says, you're getting better. Everything about the moment would say they're worse because they're in so much pain, but the doctor knows that even though it looks worse right now, they're really, really getting better. Now, a part of this is, is Jesus is going to turn to this leader and he's going to say, don't be afraid. And what he's saying is, even when you're a leader, we have to master the fact that our faith always has to be bigger than our fears. That our faith has to be bigger than our fears. And so when we do experience disappointment and our problems seem to be getting worse or maybe not getting better and they're not going away, uh, we've got to let our faith be bigger than our fears. And so Jesus looked at him. And so this man keeps following Jesus because Jesus is going to his house. Jesus is going to get into the house. And it's at this particular time that is Jesus is going into the house that Jesus says something and people in the house start laughing, but they're not just laughing. They're laughing at Jesus. And what Jesus is going to do is Jesus is going to put people out of the house. And that leads us to the fifth principle. And that is for most problems to be resolved some things are going to have to be shaken up. They can't stay the way they've always been. I'm sure that everyone in that house had been in that house before. But Jesus was saying, for this problem to be resolved, this house can't stay the way it's been. You've got to get out of this house. And he began to shake some things up. And let me also interject this. When you're a leader... The hardest thing as a leader is to have a problem at home. Because when you have a problem at home, you're fighting battles at work, and then you come home and fight a battle, and they're the hardest battles. And so Jesus is going to shake things up. He's going to put people out of the house. He's going to say, you can't be here. Just imagine that. Jesus came into your house, and and certain things have always been that way. And Jesus says, no, put a stop to that. You have to be willing to shake things up. You have to be willing to shake things up. And so in the midst of this, we learn these principles. You can't be position conscious. You've got to ask boldly for help. You have to be patient when things don't immediately change. You don't let disappointment stop you. You have to be willing to shake some things up for things to work out. And then... Something that doesn't get taught enough in leadership circles, in Christian circles. Jesus ministers to the daughter, and the daughter that was sick, the daughter that was dead, comes alive. Here is this profound moment. If there's any moment in your life that would be profound. Someone in your family that has suffered death, that has come back, something that seems dead in life is now alive. But Jesus does something. He turns to this ruler and says, don't tell anyone. 
I believe there are 14 times that Jesus tells people not to tell anyone. Sometimes as a leader, your greatest miracles, you may never get to tell them. You may never get to tell them. The greatest miracles you may never get to. And people in this uh, era want to say, well, we need to be authentic. But sometimes if you're just totally authentic, some people wouldn't follow you because it's too much for them to think that their leader had to work through this or that. And Jesus knew that transparency isn't always helpful. And I know that that's going to stymie some of the digital people where we disclose everything immediately and frequently. But what do you do with the times Jesus said, don't tell anybody? See, sometimes we have to let miracles mature before they can ever become a message. And that in itself is one of the most awesome thoughts that some of you may have ever heard, but you've got to let miracles mature before they can become a message. I just thought maybe looking at a leader who had a problem, what he did, don't let your position stop you. Be willing to ask for help. Be patient when things don't immediately change. Don't let disappointment stop you, even if things get worse. Be willing to shake some things up in your life. And remember, some of your greatest miracles, you may not be able to tell the whole story. Because it may not be helpful as you think it is. These are just six thoughts. Maybe they apply to your life. Maybe they don't. They apply to this man's life. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, if you've never been to uh, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, it lists all of the meetings that I will be in, and I'm doing more this year than I've ever done before, and I would encourage you to come and be a part of it. And then uh, all the resources I have, my newest book on If Paul Were Your Life Coach, which uh, is, is, is a great, great book. And so I just want to encourage you, keep taking steps in your leadership journey. I love you, and I'm proud of you. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.